is episode 298 of Nerds Eye for the 15th of November. Nothing says Thanksgiving like arrival. Right? I mean, this is this is like a holiday movie for the fall, right? That's why it came out. Okay. Is this... Because time is a flat circle, so... Oh, boy. <laughs> You're pulling in some outside sources there. <laughs> what, what? What are you talking about, Andrew? I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about either. But I, I have a feeling someone will tell me what I'm talking about, and then I'll remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. It, has, it just hasn't happened yet. Wow. Yeah. And who are you? I am the Yellow King. Nice. Thank you, Tom. I'm Jordan. And we're going to be reviewing Arrival, which is not a holiday film, but do they even make Thanksgiving movies? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Really? Aren't uh, they usually like star-studded casts where everyone's coming home for dinner yeah. and it's like, oh, let's see how we f- use these family dynamics to tell an interesting story. Yeah. I hate those films. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so much. Oh, well. Yeah, what can you do? Of course, before our baseline review, we're going to talk about the box office top 10. We're going to talk about the new releases on DVD, Blu-ray, and TVD. And then after our baseline review, we're going to you know, talk about guest endings. We're going to talk about what's coming out next week. Uh, we're going to pull a fast one and review something you may not expect based on the crazy movie that's coming out next week. And then after we talk promotions and say our goodbyes, we're actually going to have the discussion the spoiler section at the very end of the episode so that way if you haven't seen the film you can join us you know for most of the episode and then save the last bit for after you see the movie and you know spoilers I think you should because there are a lot of spoilers for this like I feel our baseline discussion is going to be pretty short mm-hmm. and then our review our spoiler section is going to be huge probably yeah because there's there's a lot. A lot. There's a lot that happens. Which is which is cool. I mean, this is a smart, like, very, you know, close future sci-fi movie mm. uh, that is very grounded. And, uh, and in, I, think, I think there's going to be a lot to talk about there. But, of course, let's get into the top ten. All right. Count me down. I am number ten. Inferno! Uh, and you jump into it if you were number nine. Jock Reacher, never go black. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm scared of number eight. <laughs> Boo! A May Day Halloween. Which, <laughs> instead of that, you might want a number seven. Shut in. Especially if you are a number six. The accountant. You definitely not visit number five. Hacksaw Range. Especially when it's number four. Almost Christmas. And your family's about two, three. A rival. Uh, don't let in number two. Charles. But if they get in, you're going to call number one. Doctor Strange. Uh, what, a, what a weird top ten. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, it's Just because... A, a hodgepodge of... All the money's in the first three. Or, I mean, I guess... The top five. I'm not. I'm not even talking about money. Just the random movies that are on this list. The mix of like comedy, action, drama, sci-fi. You know, a very early Christmas film is on there. Yeah. Uh, shut in a film that I didn't know existed until yesterday. Me neither. Yep. And it's on. It's number seven. Yeah. <laughs> well, because after number five, anything less than five million gets on the list. Yeah. Yeah. 
And there's a bunch of movies. And I heard Jack, the Jack Reacher sequel was real bad, and mm-hmm. it's been out for a month now, and it's still in the top ten. Yeah, I'm going to see it anyway. And I saw Inferno, and that was real bad, and yeah, it's I'm, still in the top I'm ten. I'm not going <laughs> to see that. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Tom, what have you seen on this list? Um, I saw Arrival. <laughs> is that it? Uh, is, is that really it? Yeah, I'm seeing Doctor Strange next weekend, so oh, okay. that counts. All right. Okay. Let it say. I thought you might have seen Hacksaw Ridge or The Accountant. The Accountant. That's such a dumb name. It's, who wants to see a movie called The Accountant? Yeah. It seems like um, Ben Affleck is doing movies where he's in charge of a lot of money. Do you remember, what was that poker one he did, where he was the the evil poker man? I have no run, idea. Runner, the run run runner. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I didn't see it. That's the one with JT, right? Didn't he direct it? Yeah, I, think I think he, he directed did. that. Yeah, he with JT, our man yep. JT, my boy JT. Uh, the the so he just wants to be a money man yeah Batman or, yeah he's gonna direct that next Batman movie that, Batman's okay. a money man okay we didn't review accountant but I just gotta say yeah you don't get Batman to play a Batman ass character in another movie that is just weird why would you do that give that role to somebody else because he's already Batman it worked for Adam West did he play Batman what other characters did he play that were Batman like Family Guy oh <laughs> you mean I'm he's just playing about himself actual <laughs> roles though. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah Inferno, but these, Inferno's bad. Just, just yeah, it's a joke. Just it's a don't. weird joke movie. It's. I mean, when everything I heard about that book, the third book in mm. that series, is it goes crazy places. So of course they're never going to make a movie about it, and they made a movie about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird right from the get go. Yeah, because he and, starts having visions of the past, right? Well, visions of not just the past, but just like insane things of like people melting into the floor uh-huh. and their heads all twisted. Like right in the first two minutes, you're seeing these crazy visions. And I'm like, OK, so he's an unreliable narrator. Yeah, like immediately I'm like, OK, so now well, anything that's. And the trailer he, makes that clear because he's like, let's look at the video footage of who oh, yeah. stole this thing. Oh, it was me. What? <laughs> what? That was that was real bad. Yeah, that was really, really bad. Yeah. <sighs> He's not Tyler Durden. This isn't Fight Club. Stop well, it. And Ron Howard did it. It's like he stuck around for someone, all of them. Someone said that to me. It was like, well, I mean, Ron Howard directed it. How bad could it be? And I was like, every director can make a bad movie. Like, no, how, no, it doesn't matter how good an actor, a director, a writer does not matter. They can make a bad movie. Yeah. No one is safe. It's, this movie is also, like, goofy. It has yeah. some weird... It looks goofy. Uh, like, secret society nonsense mm-hmm. in it that i yep. just was like what is even happening no i thought hey, the movie switched i was like dude, am i watching something else like dante's inferno is just a, a recipe for how to make a virus no it's dumber than that Don't oh worry. i believe it it's actually dumber than that no i i'm not gonna not? i'm not gonna argue with that at all mm-hmm. but it shouldn't even be in the top 10 it, uh, it, it couldn't have made its money back it's over it's only a 31 I don't know. On, on sequels, there's diminishing returns. They might have accept, That's true. expected they might have, it. They might have expected it, yeah. Okay, whatever. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's it's actually a pretty good... I mean, we're still at 147, which is high. Uh, it's only $40 million less than last weekend, so... Or uh, 30, 33. But it's... I people are still going to the movies. They're just seeing the first five movies. They're seeing, they're seeing Doctor Strange, Trolls, Arrival... Almost Christmas and Hacksaw Ridge, like that's what people are really seeing. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you heard anything about Almost Almost Christmas? I mean, what is that even about? Uh, well, it's, it's uh, almost Christmas. Well, yeah. And family get together and wacky hijinks happen. Fuck that. 
What's your favorite kind of movie, Jordan? Oh, so I'm gonna see Trolls. Yeah, with though. Oscar winner Monique. I'm gonna I'm gonna see Trolls. I sure. might end up seeing Hacksaw Ridge at some point. I feel like I'm just I'm gonna just tap out of Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. I just there's too much around it. Well, and it's it, really did Mel direct it. Yeah. Ugh. And it's just the trailer looked bad. Yeah. It's just it's it feels like it's trying too hard. Yeah. Like come on, feel something is what yeah. the trailer says to me. But anyway, let's get into new releases. I don't want to talk about All the right. anymore. Sure. New releases on DVD and Blu-ray. We have Finding Dory. Was that any good? You watched it, right? It's all right. Thank More you. like Finding Boring. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't... That's why I didn't want to see it. Some people really won over by, like, oh, the all the flashbacks of Dory. and the baby Dory and the... Yeah, the dorky... Yeah. Like, but for me, it's just so weird that you take... It's it's a it's a it's a joke. The, in the first film, it's it's just a running gag that Dory can't remember things, yeah. and that's based on like a thing about goldfish can't remember things. Mm-hmm. So they thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny to have a character like that? And it is. It's funny. And then in this film, it goes, no, there's actually a very serious illness that she has, and we shall be very sad about it. Yeah, yeah. And I, what that that abrupt insanity, like that, just really doesn't didn't really work for me for me the thing that didn't work was the cartoon physics like all of a sudden you can transport these fish into coffee bottles like come on i did like the octopus though yeah he was good but it's just like hey we're convenient we can send our characters wherever they want the the weird thing though about the octopus character was that he seemed uh, hank i'm remembering hank is his (laughs) name sure hank uh he seemed to have a lot more story that was cut somewhere uh-huh. like he had a, a a strong moment where he had to overcome a fear and dory was was key to helping him mm. and then like he never told like the story like he doesn't wow. say like like oh thank you i was afraid because of bloody blah. like it's a weird kind of like i got over this thing whoop and it just drops almost like an intentional 2d character he's so close to 3d it's yeah. so close to having yeah. like that extra dimension of being mm. like wow like yep. there was something You'd be interesting. There. Yeah. If I knew a little if bit I, more. If I knew what was going yeah. on there. See, my my fundamental like reason I wasn't going to watch the movie is because I saw the trailer and I asked myself, "Wait a minute, who did I care about in the first movie?" And it wasn't Dory <laughs> at all. I just yeah. just out of everyone, that's not who I care enough about to watch a movie about. Mm-hmm. I just don't. You're probably a Darla guy, I can see it. I don't even remember the names. Nemo. I know Nemo. That's about it. You got Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... Uh, yeah, that's know. a movie. It's an an- there's better animated films out. Go watch those. Kubo. Yep. <clears throat> and... No. And on DVD only, we have a Dog Walker's Christmas Tale. What is... is am I not oppor- supposed to? No, click it. I don't care. <laughs> it's a missed opportunity. They spell tell T-A-L-E. Oh, you're right. You're so yeah, right they totally on. failed there. Uh, well, they just want to do the play on words. I just I thought it was very important that we all know that finally the story of the dog walkers Christmas gets out there. We all were wondering what what do dog walkers do with Christmas, and uh, this has finally got the the story out. I this figure they hook dogs up. Uh, this just proves to me that it's a dead format, <laughs> and only movies like this are coming out on it. So let's let it die, people. Please. Thank you. All right. On DVD, we have Bear Call Saul Season 2, which I've seen. Sounds like no one else seen it. Well, I can't say. We'll read the other one, too. Oh, right. Sorry. I don't come on this show enough. (laughs) 
Well, I liked it, but I don't know. It's no Breaking Bad. I have a a funny relationship with the Better Call Saul series. In the sense that when I heard it announced, I remember hearing that it was going to come to Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, good. I can just binge watch it. Watch it whenever, yeah. And and it didn't. Like, whatever deal they had with Netflix was just the same kind of like, we'll wait six months and then put it on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I just still haven't watched it. I just still haven't. I don't know. It's no Breaking Bad, if you ask me. It's good, but I don't see why it's so great. Does it take place before and after? No, it just takes place before. Like, there's, like, five-minute flashbacks at the start of each season that are show him after he's, like, gone into witness protection, but it's not really important, necessarily. Let's see. That's... I don't like that. Okay. Uh, I think, Jordan, you've seen season one, but none of season two. Oh, right. Okay. Um... I would assume you've seen at least part of season one. Like I'll go with what he said. Okay, I've actually watched every episode yeah. of Better Call Saul because I really like Breaking Bad. Yeah, and I wanted to kind of see the journey of how Saul ends up where he is at the beginning of the series. And uh, I'm not. I mean, it's it's just kind of depressing. Actually, yeah. the show's just kind of a downer, which is a bummer because no matter he tries to do the good thing. He tries to be a good person, and at every opportunity, he finds out that actually breaking the law and cutting corners is the only way to help other people and help himself. Like, th- they must have some kind of an end game. Like, this can't well, go on for more than four seasons. They want to turn him weird. into the character at Breaking Bad, but yeah. it doesn't seem like at some point he's got to have a very hard moral turn. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else they can throw at him to make him do that. Mm hmm. Like he's yeah. he's going down that road. Yeah, I I think it would be more wise of them to just stick with the after story. Yeah, because it's so hard to do. And a, they do a nothing prequel. with it. They That's do weird. like like Tom said. They do a five minute like black and white thing of like no, he's in witness protection and his life is really shitty. That's all it shows. It's just he's like in this horrible place where he's super unhappy. Yeah, good job. And bad things happen to him. Like was it season two? He gets locked. In the yeah. trash area where the where they pick up the trash in the yeah. back of the mall where he works. Yeah, and then he writes some graffiti on the yeah. wall. Yeah, and he's just stuck there. Jesus. <laughs> it's like, okay, yep. thanks for depressing me. <sighs> and then Game of Thrones, the complete sixth season. I think you're a Thrones head, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would say you've seen it all. Yeah, yeah I watch every episode. Yeah. I'm not... There's no show that I'm... Except for, like, Mr. Robot. There's no show where I'm like, you guys need to watch this show. There's, I don't really care about... I enjoy watching TV. I enjoy watching all these stories, you yeah. know, for my own use at some point. But uh, I, I don't champion anything. Mm. I don't care that much. Yeah. I watch it out of necessity to understand what you people talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, It's a good idea. That's how I'm going to have to... Well, I mean, I wanted to watch Westworld, but it's becoming a necessity where I'm I'm like, oh my God, oh, everything that I hear about it, it just sounds better and better, and I just I haven't had the time. That last episode was real good. Yeah. I'm talking about the movie, right? No. <laughs> the movie's good, too. That's why yeah. I said the last episode. I didn't know if we broke uh, movies up into episodes like they used to do on YouTube. But... Nice. <laughs> nice. Anyways, if you want to see any of those, check out your local video store. Uh... Yeah, so we're going to be reviewing Arrival. Yep, just after this break. There are days 
that define your story beyond your life. Like the day they arrived. Signs of what might be called first contact. The objects measure at least... I'm Colonel G.T. Webber from Army Intelligence. Pack your bags. You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? You'll be reporting to me, but you'll be working with him when you're in the show. That's what they're calling the UFO. Who's being carted off in the medevac? Not everyone is wired for what you're about to do. So what do they look like? You'll see soon enough. Every 18 hours, a door opens up. That's where we go in. This is just a way to force us to work together for once. It's more complicated than that. How is it more complicated? Russia just executed one of their own to keep their secret. We've got 21 hours before they start global war. So how do we clarify their intentions? I go back in. Why does this feel worse? Arrival. Directed by... Denny Villeneuve. 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 Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Uh, I knew I was getting that Denny part right. Yep. Real, real strong on that. Uh, it was written by uh, the screenplay was by Eric he- Heiser. Uh, it's based on the story uh, uh, written by Ted Chiang. Uh, oh, story it's, of the it's an actual story. Yeah, yep. like a short story. Yeah, it's a short story. Uh, that was the original title of the film, by the way. Oh, really? They were going to call it that until preview audiences nixed it. And then they ended up with Arrival, which I kind of, I'm not hot on that title by the end of it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they don't really earn that title, but uh, and it, kind of, it, it kind of makes it sound more generic. Yeah, it makes it sound more generic. And when you have a title that's generic, it only, it's only good when the title ends up making, having more meaning than just one. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in his previous movie, Prisoners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, oh, crap. that title means way more mm. after you watch that movie yeah. you realize that applies to way more than you think it does and uh sicario it's kind of a generic title because it's just well it's in a, a different Spanish language so yes. it makes you think just a tiny bit and, and it's also kind of a badass word yeah, yeah. and and it, it also points to when you realize what it means and yeah. when you're done watching the movie you know what you the realize, movie's actually about yeah you yeah. realize that oh wait I thought this person was the main character and they're not the main character. Yeah. Yeah. They're just kind of affected they're, by they're, the main character. They're the ones that we're seeing, yeah, yeah, the story through. Yeah, they're not the, uh, what you, the, like the agent of what's happening. They're just 
even kind of um, Enemy that was his film with yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. uh, that kind of has interesting multiple meanings right so I feel like he's got a good track record of yeah. that and this kind of doesn't but I mean it's not a bad title it's just mm-hmm. like you said generic that's what it translates to from French is generic <laughs> nice. Villeneuve generic right good um, to know good to know yeah. Tom, do you is is that an indicator that you don't like this director's work? Um, I'm actually very split on it because before I saw Arrival, I saw Prisoners, which I was lukewarm on. It was good, but I wasn't wild about it. Mm-hmm. Then on the flip side, I really was in love with Enemy. Thought it was great. That's and, the only one I haven't seen. I really need to watch it. And I found it really intriguing and interesting. Like I really want to go back and visit because it it's really twisted and interesting like that. But so going in, I was hit and miss, and this kind of falls somewhere in the middle for me. Oh, you haven't seen Sicario? No, it's like I said last time I was on. I've been meaning to, but just never got around to it. Yeah, it's definitely worth worth a watch. Yeah, yeah that one I think might be my favorite out of out of his work. And who did? I mean, I felt he paired with a with a um, the writer, not the writer, uh, the uh, camera guy. Oh well, in Prisoners, it was. Um, I'm trying well, to think I, of... I can just quit now because I've forgotten the name of one of the most famous... <laughs> Roger, no, it's not Roger Deakins. Yes, Roger Deakins oh, did, did Prisoners. I don't know if Roger Deakins did um, Sicario. I don't think so. But he definitely did Prisoners. Yeah, but I just remember Sicario being one of... like Just oh, a, a beautiful. gorgeous yeah. movie that was way prettier than, than I really yeah. thought it had any right to be. Mm-hmm. Let me see who did cinematography there. Mm-hmm. Roger Deakins. Hey, he did Sicario. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. This I mean, is that his, explains it. That's a real is, good looking film. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's free on Amazon Prime. Oh boy. So go watch it. Uh, yeah. So this film, uh, Arrival, uh, starring Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker. Uh, anyone else we want to mention? <laughs> Those are the three main. Those are the three main. Miles Dubarg is there. Yep. Uh, that serious man. Yeah. Um, some of the people that I recognize, but I don't know where from. Uh, the uh, General Shang, I recognized him, but I don't know where from. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the same cinematographer from uh, Enemy. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of so. interesting. Huh. Um, but this this film is it's about aliens making contact. No, it's sense. not. It's Bradford Young. My bad. Okay. Yes, I mean, at its base level, this is a, a movie that, like, what happens to the world when aliens show up all over the planet and literally do nothing? Yeah, they just kind of they don't blow up anything. Their ships are kind of just hovering. They don't attack. Not emitting anything. They're not. They're not making some pattern over the world that's changing our ley lines and making magic appear. Nothing is happening. So what? How does the world react to that? And who does the government contact in order to figure this out? Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of love, uh, by the time uh, Amy Adams gets pulled into it, they've already, what they've figured out so far, mm-hmm. I kind of love all of that information. It's all very like pertinent. It doesn't feel like weird or plot-wise. It's all, you know, it's like the timeline makes sense. Like they figure out every 18 hours the door mm-hmm. opens and they can get in. And they figured out how to get in. They have like a 
like a step ladder machine. What do you call those things? I mean, it's it's just a like a scaffold, a raising, yeah. a raising platform. So they've they've got like the basics of like okay, we know when it opens, we know how to get in. Yep. From there, we have no idea what to do. Like yeah. it's just the, we've literally done nothing. Yeah. And we're just shooting in the dark. Here. And they go for it. So Amy Adams is a, a linguist. She's Expert, a yeah. professor. She knows uh, lots of things about language and, and how it works. And they kind of team her up with a mathematics guy. It's important to know, too, she's uh, she's actually worked with the government before. She has yeah. top uh, secret clearance. That's the one little plot bit where I was like, oh, why? Right, well, I mean, I bit. feel like they had to because oh, you know, of course they why did. would they? Why would they pick her? And it's because like the general or the corporal whose, whose job it is to figure this out she actually worked with him before yeah. to to translate uh, like enemy enemy language. Yeah, and they have a real classic. Um, she's like, I did it for knowledge, and he did it for war. Like that's mm-hmm. the kind of weird back and forth they have yeah. before uh, dueling I- ideologies. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of uh, it's kind of interesting to see that that the way that he approaches every problem, the way that she approaches every problem. Mm. Um, but I thought that was all very like clear and logical and actually very interesting to see it play out mm-hmm. in a film where it's not, you know, like, Oh, we only have 24 hours before China nukes one of them, you know, yeah. that, that, that kind of stuff comes into play later, mm-hmm. but it's early on in the film. It's just very much a, a slow, deliberate knowledge gathering yeah. kind of. And, film. and even, even before they do that, like it's 48 hours before they even come to her. Yeah. And we kind of get to see the world react because she teaches at a college mm-hmm. and we, you know, no one shows up for school. I mean, it's anymore. shut down essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't really have anything going on in her life. So she shows up to school and watches it from there. And that's yeah. that's where he ends up finding her. Um, yeah. I found that. And, and initially she kind of tells him, you know, they, she, they don't take her initially. Well, that's because she kind of stipulates something that he doesn't like, but mm-hmm. then he, he kind of gives in. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a good setup and it makes sense. You're right. It doesn't feel like, oh, this is just needs to be here for the plot. Yeah. It's not like, oh, this army general's my ex-husband or mm-hmm. um and that's why he chose me. Yeah. Or it's 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 the one plot bit is is like you said like she had worked with the government before. Which makes sense because Which, she's a linguist expert. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't have to bend over backwards to make to make it make sense in mm-hmm. any kind of way. It just yep. it's all kind of a natural flow. That's one thing I really hate about some stuff is like, oh, everyone's related. Yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're all here. It's like, oh, it's my cousin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I don't know. And I feel like we've had like a lot of, well, maybe it's not a lot, but but the the kinds of alien movies that we had this year, uh, I purposely did not go see Independence Day Resurrection or whatever the hell they called I. it. Tom, did you? No. Yeah, but I can only assume in, in that kind of film they had a lot of those moments where they bend over backwards to explain why characters are doing mm-hmm. what they're doing. Oh, and, they do. Yeah. And where they are, and yeah. and uh, uh, that's building off of you know the the ideas that were set forth in the first film anyway. So mm-hmm. that's that's already going to be its own different thing. But then we also have like a, a, a midnight special. Yeah. Uh, which um, I mean, I don't think it's too much for me to say that that's actually an alien movie more than whatever other people thought it was mm-hmm. mutants or something. Yeah. But um, it's, it's a, uh, that kind of has a, a, a slow pace to it, but it's, it's very different in the way that it explains what's going on. I just, I just feel that this is such a, a, a different take on these kinds of alien movies. It's more, it's more of a contemplative, like logical analysis of what would happen instead of uh, on Independence Day side, a bombastic violent reaction and um 
And then instead of a bombastic violent reaction, we've got a subtle violent reaction on Midnight Special's side Mm -hmm. where, you know, the government is actively trying to intervene and do whatever they need to. And we have different groups vying for for the same goal. And it's a very violent movie, but, uh, you know, is is a slower take, whereas this one's more, uh, it's more intellectual. Yeah. Which is different than what we normally get and is very refreshing. Uh, should we talk about the way the movie opens? It's in a weird, uh, I'll call it up style, where yeah. we get uh, some information that's very sad about uh, her her daughter. We see that she has a sadness, it's, it's, and it's her narrating. She's like, you yeah, know, I, I thought I, your story started... I have a hesitant... Something, something. I'm, I'm pretty hesitant to discuss a lot of details because... Those are going to play into spoilers. Oh, I know. They're going to play into spoilers. So, so but yeah, I just I mean, it's in it, the, the first two opens, minutes of the movie. And it's, and it's based on a short story, so the, the voiceover kind of makes sense. Yeah. Of, uh, she says, uh, I used to think, um, you know, you were a beginning and an ending, but I'm not so sure anymore, mm-hmm. is one of the lines she says in the beginning. And it, and it shows, you know, her, her she has a baby, and, and she's, she's raising the daughter, and it, we're kind of just seeing snippets of the life of... You know, the child saying "I love you," and then a, 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 a cut to the child saying "I hate you" yeah. as a as a as a young adult. We kind of get this this kid's life very yeah. quickly because yeah. she has an unfortunate end. Yeah, she ends up you know dying from a disease, yeah. and just the heartbreak she goes to, and then and then from there we immediately go to we go to uh, her at work. Yeah, her well no her waking up. Oh yeah, in her in her house, mm-hmm. her little lakeside house, and yeah, and then her life from there but i thought it's interesting so it opens with her narration but then uh i'm not sure how far into the film we don't get narration again until it's his well until jeremy renner yeah uh which i thought was very interesting because Mm -hmm. uh unless this is purposely part of the story Mm -hmm. i just i don't know how i feel about having like multiple switch a narrator yeah multiple narrators and i think i think that because that's a holdover from it being a short story Mm -hmm. um and they say you know in short stories especially you shouldn't change person mm-hmm. you shouldn't switch characters mm-hmm. uh but it does go back to her at the end yeah so it's this weird uh, i heard someone else say that that really pulled him out of the movie mm-hmm. because it, it was her narration it was her story and then during that part of the movie when he's narrating mm-hmm. we are actually moving forward in time yeah well and it's he also starts, he starts talking and by the time he's done yeah. we are days or weeks later yeah well he also his narration is about her yeah so i felt that was close enough that i was like okay it's still this is because it's very much her story yes but it's kind of like seeing her from an outside angle from his perspective Mm -hmm. how how he sees this it didn't bother me at the time at all oh it bothered me really tom what do you think i honestly don't remember this narration it's like i don't even know how to describe it's like you're saying it's when time is passing like they 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 make they make significant uh, that's after they get the whiteboard out and they start using start using words and and the aliens start showing their language and then and then that's when they start breaking it down and figuring out what they mean and he starts talking about the type of language it is uh, how it's circular and that's what linguists linguists call it you know like a non-linear non-linear language and and by the time he starts there and by the time they're done talking they have like a big whiteboard out and they have their database of and they got a database of all the words they've said and they've cross-referenced it and by by the end of that, we actually have you know like instant, instant. They have like a translation yeah. that is yeah. taking the words and looking at all the points, and she's you know having breakthroughs. I remember so, all that, but it didn't bother me at all. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't bother me either mm-hmm. because 
I didn't realize it was based on a short story till after. Hmm. So for me, you know, different characters having different narration, that's never pulled me out of a movie because I kind of like jumping into people's minds for a little bit. And I think the main reason why it didn't pull me out is because it was about her, Mm -hmm. right? She was still the main character. We were just getting a glimpse into what someone else thought. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Throughout the movie, we were getting glimpses of her and her daughter's life together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I they seemed really, very important for whatever was going on. Yeah, which was interesting. <clears throat> yeah, they always reflected back on what she was going through at the time, and I really enjoyed that. Just the depiction of their relationship, um, and maybe that's more of an up thing. Uh, but it was for me just very like caring. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And makes sense at the end, mm-hmm. but. Just the whole depiction, and as you find out what happened to her daughter, and you know, the the kind of greater scope of everything. Uh, I don't know, man. This this movie goes for your feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk just a little bit about the look of the aliens. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, uh, creep me out. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely going for let's go as different as we can because. I think we're long past the age and time of Star Trek of everyone is humanoid. Is humanoid, but with sometimes a, 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 a lobster claw and lobster sometimes claw a, and a snakes for hair. A thing you know? on their face yeah. and they're a different color, mm-hmm. but we're all just kind no, of human beings. Very, uh, there are people who could speak at much length about different uh, you know, hypothetical alien types. The classic is like the greys. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something... But that's still humanoid. Yeah, exactly. Like, at the end of the day, this is, this is so these are far so different, different. Of, yeah. of gravity manipulation and, and a totally different type of and, atmosphere. And they seem, yeah, they, they, they are purposefully in some kind of uh, a way where, where they're obscured by smoke, mm-hmm. which is, is what the scientists believe is that their atmosphere is different. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it's almost like water-like, the way that yeah. they kind of leap around. Mm-hmm. It's very... And the way they move. Oh, man. I, yeah. And they kind of look like they're big, very, big hands. They're very imposing. Oh, like, yeah. The size and shape of them. It's very... They're uh, completely different than anything. There's sometimes when the camera like zooms in mm-hmm. on the... Uh, their flesh. I don't even know how yeah. to describe it. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's very purposeful and almost menacing, mm-hmm. um, which kind of amps up the tension. The music does it too. Oh man. Early in the film, I felt like they were really overdoing it a bit on the music. Yeah. Uh, and but even some was, of the camera angles, it was kind of like, okay, we can, we can tone it down just a time. I, I think that was done on purpose and I actually enjoyed it because we were getting her perspective and mm-hmm. she was really being affected by yeah. it. Yeah. Like she was having a hard time dealing with it. Mm-hmm. So even if I, I for for me it's like maybe the other people in the room weren't seeing it that way, mm-hmm. you know that wasn't as intense for them, especially because this was her first experience with it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're seeing it through her eyes, and for her, it is that intense. Yeah. I also um, just so I don't forget, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, not in regards to the aliens, but mm-hmm. in regards to some of the scenes that had to be digitally altered. I thought the CGI hum- humans were bad. There were times when they had to play a little bit with... Like hair and stuff? Hair. That looked pretty bad. And it looked bad to me. I don't know if it was just me. No, wow, I, I really wasn't paying attention to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, apparently, because I didn't hear that voiceover and it, this CGI stuff didn't bother me. I mean, it didn't bother you. That's fine. I just... It was... 
I mean, I don't know if they were trying to just make it look ethereal almost mm. like otherworldly well it, wasn't but it was just, just the, the hair but there was w- one part with with uh, uh, a man in a in one of the hazmat suits mm-hmm. and too shiny i was just like oh that is that is not a real person that is definitely a computer creation i just couldn't not Which see part? it very or when they first enter the craft oh i oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. There was one part where it was like, uh, the animation could have been better on that. Yeah, yeah. Which is a shame because the ships, the the way that they're Look floating, incredible. the you way can that tell they're where in they the put sky. their money. Yeah, they, there's a lot to this film that's really beautiful because everything feels like it has texture, mm-hmm. which is hard to do, mm-hmm. but they they really achieve it. Yeah. So, I just didn't want to not mention that. Yeah, it's pretty minor. It's very minor, but yeah, it'll stick out when you watch it. I feel like. If you care about that sort if, of thing. Yeah, I guess. Not everyone I guess. does. Yeah. I guess. I d- it didn't bother me at the time, and the only reason I even remembered is because you brought it up. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't, yeah, didn't mm-hmm. think about it. Uh, I know we don't want to get too far in story-wise, so we can save it for the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- do we want to say more about Jeremy Renner? I think Amy Adams is fantastic. I don't think yeah. we need to get too much on her. She's the focus of the film, and I think she does a really good job. Yeah. But like Jeremy Renner's, uh, as much as he is uh, one of the main three characters, I think he's in it for way less. Yeah. Uh, and is and for me, his character is not as developed. And I don't think he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're so focus, focused on her story that uh, they do work in tandem, and we do see that. But I don't need to know his backstory because his future is also not shown to us. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird purposeful We don't know about thing. his past. We don't know about his yeah. future. We just know about this snippet in time mm-hmm. and and the relationship they develop together because they're close. You know, they're working together on this thing for mm-hmm. an extended period of time. They're learning about each other as they go through this experience. And, uh, and I, I think we know as much as we need to about him. Mm-hmm. And I think he does a good job with what he does, mm-hmm. what he has. I don't know. Didn't bother me that I didn't know anything more about it. I don't. I didn't feel like I needed to. In fact, I learned so much about him uh, through the actions and dialogue of other characters and stuff that we can't talk about right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, I've I I felt like I got an idea of who he is. I guess you don't. No, I just I also felt like we learned so much more about Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. About his character. Uh, that it was kind of like weirdly off balance for me in that mm. sense. Cause I feel like I really understood him by the mm. time the, the film concluded, like mm-hmm. the, the, the way that he kind of negotiates Operates. with both, uh, Michael Stuhlbarg's character, who's like mm. head of government operations. They never, well, really he's the head he of the CIA. Yeah. And they then actually say that he's oh, CIA. Okay. Yeah. I was going to assume that, mm-hmm. but I sometimes in these films and mm-hmm. shows they just kind of like it's Mr. Government. Mm-hmm. Like it's, he's a suit. He's CIA, NSA, FBI. Yeah, pick we one. We don't know. It'll work. Uh, and then doesn't matter the way that he he kind of negotiates between these these two parties. Uh, I thought was very very like, and, smart and, and, and very. And we get and we get little snippets here of like they're talking in a conference room and, and Michael says something and Amy Adams goes, "Do I have to talk to him?" <laughs> why am I talking to him or so yeah. she says something like that and we're yeah. like oh we know everything we need to know about their interactions mm-hmm. off screen yeah I just felt like it. you know what really for me like kind of summed up the film and the mm-hmm. relationship of the characters was when uh, like 
uh, Amy Adams starts, you know, with with very simple. She's like, "Oh, you got to teach him. We got to teach him some words." Mm-hmm. And Forrest Whitaker's like, "Well, well, why? Why can't we just jump to it?" And she writes down, "What is your purpose?" Oh, on yeah, Earth? that's incredible. And she explains every bit of why this is a difficult sentence to relay yeah. to someone whose language you don't speak, mm-hmm. and why you need to build basic building blocks. You need to start from the ground up. Yeah, which I I just love that. I feel like yeah. that's that's the real basis of like mm-hmm. this story in this film is that. In order to understand each other, like you need to start at the basics, mm-hmm. and I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, any more thoughts, Tom? Before we. Um, well, I just have to admit one thing, and it's something I'm not proud of. Makes me feel stupid, but I'm not really into intellectual sci-fi that much. I realize because while I really like the parts where they're studying the linguistics, there's a lot in the third act that tied in with just the supernatural elements that really bothered me and it's kind of like how in interstellar when they get to that fifth dimension place or whatever i just was totally out of the movie and even though people tell me that's supposed to be realistic or whatever but i don't know somehow adding that and these philosophical subtext to it just really don't connect with me so hmm. i enjoyed it the first half when it was just this interesting mystery but then it tries to lay on all these other layers that I was just not connecting with (laughs) I can see that Um, not to not to shill for another uh, show um, I would suggest you watch the movies with Mikey episode of uh, Interstellar he really goes into that and and goes into the research of like what's a fourth dimensional being what's a three dimensional being what's a fifth dimensional thing like what would those would look like and why why you know christopher nolan chose that as the visual indication of what that was and for me it definitely filled some stuff in and and at least on an intellectual level made me understand it better um but i mean i think it was more because the rest was realistic enough it was just that particular part just threw me off like wait how is this because it's too uh like uh hypothetical sci-fi instead of grounded and there i mean i feel like we in this movie we stay pretty grounded in the science but it does put in some more it it takes a leap at a certain point and if if you don't like that leap, you're yeah. probably yeah, not going to enjoy the movie so much. <laughs> yeah, if that leap loses you, it's never going to get you back. I mean, yeah. I like it well enough, and at most just lowered my grade a little bit, but otherwise it's still an it's enjoyable still, movie. Yeah, it's still mm. super well made. And, uh, I mean, if we're going to get into spoilers, we might as well just say whether or not we well, liked it and if yeah. we think people should see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> All right, so you'll you'll get to hear more um, in the discussions at the end. Definitely see it <coughs> in the theater though, because there's a crap ton of like really cool imagery and visuals that looks super good on yeah, a nice some screen. Some crappy CGI, according to some people. Yeah, I mean, feeling peckish this midnight? Set your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinara podcast is here for you, intrepid listeners. We sampled only the finest in sinister stories and, coating them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in twice monthly as Midnight Marinera sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appetit! (laughs) Alright, let's talk about what's coming out. New in theaters. Movies. All right. New in theaters this week. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. A double feature. How about that? <laughs> the Edge of 17. Lead for this. 
Nocturnal Animals, and that's it. Uh, before we uh, uh, play guest standing, let's give out some thanks. First of all, to Silent Partner, who did our theme song, Sophomore Makeout. We got that from the YouTube Audio Library, youtube.com slash audio library. Yay. Uh, thanks to Justin Kizan. He did our logo. Uh, he's a writer for Agents of Guard, agentsofguard.com. Uh, if you like podcasts, uh, check out Pick Your Path. Uh, I know I've been saying it all year long. Uh, new episodes coming soon. Are you, uh, wait, is it happening? No, I'm just oh. now. I'm I'm trying to hype you. You got my hopes up. Uh, we do have a uh, one of our like little in between bonus episodes that are it's going to drop hopefully shortly, um, where we uh, between the three of us, uh, David King, uh, Matt Benson, and myself, uh, where we we wrote together a story and uh, it takes place in the old west. Uh, so there's there's a lot of uh, nice. trouble that our character gets up into there. Uh, but go to benvnetwork.com slash PYP for more information. Uh, Tom. Yes. Um, I write over at Optograph.org, usually about movies and TV, sometimes music and other stuff. But speaking as it's uh, the fall season, mostly movies right now. And I also write o- over at the oscarbuzz.blogspot.com about all things related to the Academy Awards. I should have a review for Arrival up very soon here. Nice. It should be up by the time this is published. And recently, wrote about Moonlight Two. Check that out. And Moonlight Two. They made a sequel already. Yeah. Dang. Moonlight Two. Electric Boogaloo. Nice. And um, I also have a bunch of short stories. My most recent one is an essay on Tim Burton called "From Pee Wee to Peregrine," and it's available at Smashwords, Amazon's, and last time I checked, Barnes and Noble for one ninety nine. Cool. So check all that out and do that well i am less pro- prolific uh i just stream over at twitch.tv backslash gamer assault weekly i am playing Watch Dogs 2 this weekend uh, i was gonna play dishonored 2 last weekend but i don't know i've been kind of not in the, the tip top of my game hmm. got some uh stuff bothering me you know political stuff yeah we don't talk about that here i know we're not supposed to but uh just you know yeah, I'm getting out of that funk though. I'll be playing oh. a game this weekend, and you know, yeah, what else do I do? Nothing, nothing <laughs> interesting. Uh, all right, so go to uh, BenViewNetwork.com for more uh, podcasts on the network, uh, including uh, I think we mentioned it before, but uh, some new shows. Mm. Um, we got Faux Boys, mm. which is a podcast about the podcast Doughboys. Nice. Whoa. Uh, I don't know if you you guys. Um, I've heard of Doughboys. I've heard of it. I just, yeah, just not, not a yeah. listener. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> then there's also a, a new podcast called Ray Gun Readers, uh, which is about sci-fi stories. So nice, you know, uh, that's cool. If if you like Arrival, go check them out. They um, they kind of find sci-fi stories that are on the internet for free. Not it's not uh, classic stories in the sense, cool. but so did um, they check out Wool. I don't know because that one is a book, but started on yeah, Amazon all by itself and became a big. I have thing. a lot of thoughts on wool. Yeah, it's weird that you brought it I'm up. I'm down to talk about it whenever I you want. I have a lot of thoughts on wool. <laughs> okay, uh, but but yeah, go check them out. They're now they they're also on YouTube, but but they've joined our little podcast network. Cool. So you can you Very can get cool. them there. Uh, and then our personal website, nvpodcast.com. Uh, email nvpodcast at gmail.com. And on Twitter, at NVPodcast. And my Twitter is at PodcasterAndrew. At Optograb. At TrueValk. And I actually remembered, I'm going to be on, uh, if not 
the game of the year extra damage mm-hmm. but i'll also be on an episode before that so check me out there soon and i was on an episode that's right before the extra live stream and i was at the extra live stream for like 13 hours so you want to see my big dumb face uh i win some money from uh gates mm-hmm. for charity and then i played too much game beasts because that game is real good mm-hmm. uh, all right so now it's time for guess the ending you'll never guess how it ends was a first history. Me. Fantastic Beats and uh, Beats and Where to Find Them, directed by Kanye West. Uh, David Yates, starring Eddie Redmayne, Catherine Waterston, uh, Allison Sudal, and Dan Folger. You know, IMDb's listing of these names is so weird because um, they aren't the main people, right? Well, what's his name's not listed here? Uh, uh, his 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 Colin Farrell. Mo- oh, Colin Farrell's not on the what? He's he's in the film, but he's not in, in this uh, top. I five guess he's not listing. one of the main characters. I think or something. Al- Allison Sudol might not be a main character. It's it just IMDb's weird. Yeah, I believe that. Sometimes that's listed by appearance in the <laughs> film. True. So yeah, it's true. Uh, the Adventures of Ryder Newt uh, Scarmander, or no Scamander. In New York's secret community of witches and wizards, 70 years before Harry Potter reads his book in school. Oh, he reads his book in school? I guess I missed yeah, I'm that not part of the movie. Let's not help Jordan. Let's let Jordan get this. Oh, I haven't read the, the Harry Potter books, but I've seen the movie, so I'm good. Okay. Uh, cool. So, <laughs> so, obviously, based on the trailer, Homeboy shows up in New York. He's got a suitcase full of creatures. And uh, as he's going through customs, uh, he loses track of the package for a little while. And when he gets it back, he's like, wait, a couple of these are missing. And uh, they just kind of run rampant around New York. And the, the, the New York American-based uh, wizards and witches have to make a decision of how much they can do to kind of, you know, keep a lid on what's happening. And we... We know, based on the events of Harry Potter, that they succeed, because otherwise the whole world would know about magic, right? I mean, doesn't that make sense? There's some magic spells that can be cast to make people forget and oh, stuff like I'm that. Oh, I'm sorry. Did we flashy thing everybody? Yeah. Flashy thingy? Yeah. Look into the flashy thingy? Yeah. You don't know what a neuralizer flashy thingy. is? Well. Flashy thingy. Uh, uh, did you flashy thingy me? Yeah. Um, so, uh, Colin Farrell's character decides, you know what? I'm tired of hiding. <laughs> I'm tired of fixing every rampant witch or wizard's mistake and flashy thinging everybody to make them forget. You know what? Let's just, you know, screw human beings that can't do magic. We're just going to take over New York and we're going to use this, you know, this uh these these escaped creatures as as the way to do it to kind of help Change the status quo of New York City, and uh, and the little foursome I announced earlier, they they're hot on the case of of finding, capturing, and flashy thinging everybody, every witness to 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 try and fix what happened, and uh, but at the same time they got to take down Colin Farrell, and uh, at the end of the movie they actually uh, try and you know put him down, put him in Azkaban or whatever, the American Azkaban. <coughs> but they fail, and he, he ends up teaching uh, Voldemort some spells and uh, starting the whole 
starting the whole chain of events that leads to Harry Potter's birth. This is going to be so sad to me. Yeah, I know it's going to be it's going to (laughs) suck. But I I think that's kind of what happens. They they he escapes and kind of starts the secret underground bad guy order that's kind of behind the scenes and leads to Voldemort's ascension to power. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna end my head. The end. Keep referring this to this film as Harry Potter Zero. Yeah. <sighs> I, I didn't even enjoy that. Usually, I enjoy making things up, but uh-huh. I just I know where this is gonna end, so it's just a matter of connecting the dots. Yeah. <sighs> the Edge of Seventeen, directed by Kelly Freeman Craig, starring Haley Steinfeld, Haley Lou, Richard Nielsen. Blake Jenner. That sound never picks up on the mics. It never does? No. Oh, man, it's so loud. It's, I don't know. It's like a certain wavelength where it's just not picking up. It's someone, they're working on a car or a truck goes by. Is that that a car? I don't know. (laughs) Sounds like an alien. Blake Jenner. Kira Sedgwick. Did did the closer get canceled? Is that why she has to be in movies now? Um, (laughs) Uh huh. Most people are doing TV shows now just Mm -hmm. to fill out their time. Uh, but she actually had to go the other direction because her show got canceled. High school life gets even more unbearable for Nadine when her best friend Krista starts dating her older brother. Uh, yeah, that's just weird. I don't even know where to go from yeah. there. Uh, poor Nadine. Poor, I'm just going to say poor Nadine for 10 minutes. Um, yeah, so as the, the film goes on, right? So Nadine and her brother actually had a good relationship until Krista started started dating him and then their relationship got got really bad and yeah, in fact nadine and, and krista's relationship got bad so they stopped being best friends she stopped being close to her brother mm-hmm. she's very isolated oh no uh she turns to there's a school a counselor uh, a, a teacher that she very much enjoys that she gets advice from that's probably kira sedgwick um mm-hmm. and they're like oh you know you're she's she's your friend she'll grow out of it he's your brother you have to go through some hard times uh and the older brother's actually going to go off to college the next year and she's still um, like a sophomore or something. So she's mm-hmm. still got a couple more years. Uh, so when her brother goes off, this is kind of the end of film. Her brother goes off, her best friend breaks up with him because, you know, they can't deal with that. And then everything's fine again. It's, it's, you know, it's the classic tale of teenage life actually isn't that hard. It's just sometimes weird stuff happens. So you got to deal with it. And everybody's got a whole bunch of crazy chemicals feelings, firing yeah. off they in got, their brain. So feelings that are chemical. Everything, everything chemicalized feels, feelings. feels so intense. So yeah, that's. I mean, everything's fine. Fine. And I'm doing bleed for this, which uh, stars Miles Teller and a bunch of people. And it's the inspirational story of world champion boxer Vinny Pazienza. Sure, there's a right way to say that. Who, after a near fatal car crash, which left him not knowing if he'd ever walk in, made one of sports' most incredible comebacks. All right, we got Vinny here, and he's doing a great job he's boxing everyone and having a great time boom 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 make the money beat the people and suddenly he's like yeah i'm gonna go and party tonight and he goes and does that and then he gets into a terrible fatal car crash no one knows if he's gonna live or not he's in a coma for like one or two days and then all of a sudden when he does wake up his eye is slowly going up and down like that black white black white black white and then he gets woken up and is like oh no what happened to my feet it's like Sorry, you might not be able to walk. And slowly but surely, he's sitting there looking at the end of his bed like, wiggle your big toe. And so suddenly, he gets his foot moving. And he realizes that as he gets his foot moving, 
he knows how to drum very well. Like he just has a syncopation that is so uncanny. And suddenly he begins to do it. Like someone gives him drumsticks and he just begins being on his chest like that. Then when he finally is able to walk, he gets a drum kit. And after that, he uh, decides to take up the drumming class. And uh, guess what? He gets into another crash that makes him forget stuff. And soon um, he decides to wake up like, ooh, who am I? What am I doing? He's like, you know what? I'm a teenage kid and I like to drink and I'm living in the spectacular now. So he falls in love with uh, Shanley Woodley and they have a little adventure. And then their paths begin to diverge and as he gets into another car crash. <laughs> and at that point... Well, is, it, is, it because so it, it, is it because she goes up to protest the uh, oil pipeline and gets arrested? Yeah, she's sure allegiant. And suddenly he gets into another car crash and it's like, whoa, what am I doing here? Who's that fat guy? It turns out to be Jonah Hill. It's like, hey man, come down to Florida with me. We're going to sell weapons to the government. Like, sure thing, man. And so suddenly he begins to sell weapons to the government. Everything was going well. Then he ends up in jail. It's like, oh, how did I end up here? And suddenly he realized, you know what? I made all that money back when I was a boxer. I'm going to use that to get out of prison. And sure enough, he gets out. And right then he realizes who he was this whole time. He was Miles Teller, and he bled for his craft. That was, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, now we can end the guessing, mm. and with that, successfully end this episode. Mm. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, next week, I want to review Nocturnal Animals. Mm. We'll see how that goes. Jordan's got no response on that. Uh, everyone else is going to be talking about fantastic beasts and where to beat them, but you want to do something different? Yeah. You gotta go against the against the mold. Uh-huh. Against the mold? That's a saying now. Sure. Uh but I guess um I guess that's it. Yep. Uh if you if you want our discussion about all the crazy stuff that happens in arrival, uh stick around after this. Uh but until next week, this has been episode two ninety eight. I'm Andrew. I'm Tom. I'm Jordan. And remember listeners, if a pseudo dude comes up to you and says, Hey, uh, these aliens, and we need your help because language. You're gonna have a daughter someday. <laughs>
I know that it's different. It's different enough for me because it's it's not really time travel. It's like time viewing. Yeah, it's um, if if you recall the um, the classic uh, uh, novel Slaughterhouse Five, five mm-hmm. Slaughterhouse Five, House. Yeah, uh, that uh, includes. I, I would say a similar concept. The trial. What are they called in that book? The Tralfamagorians. Mm. See, why? I haven't uh, read that, so I don't know. Why am I a reader? Anyway, uh, <laughs> the the point is that this this if if you're familiar with that novel or, or with that concept of of alien, is that um, for them time isn't linear, mm-hmm. and that's that's exactly what this film delves into. Is yeah. that the um, which would make what are they these? called septopods? Is yeah, what they the heptopods. Heptopods. And the reason. Uh, and and that simple fact, the fact that they are so connected with time, mm-hmm. makes them fourth dimensional beings because yeah. fourth the fourth dimension is time, yeah. and they kind of exist on that plane. And, and definitely, while I was watching this film, when it got to that point, I went, "Oh yeah, this is already so much better than um, the way Interstellar did Interstellar. it." Yeah, it's like a hundred times better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though it gets a little funny with the um, what we thought were flashbacks at the beginning of the film are actually man, like that that fucking turn. It just blew my mind because every single time she is upset about these visions that she's having of her daughter, yeah. I was like, well, I mean, she's just having to it deal with this grief all over yeah. again, mm-hmm. right? And then you find out at the end of like, no, this is a future child, and she's hearing someone say mommy and having these visions of a daughter that she hasn't had yet. Yeah. Like, of course that would freak her out. Yeah. And like scare her and because she doesn't know what she's seeing is real. Yeah. And then she has that dream. Oh, where she's I, don't talking. Tell me about that dream. She's talking to Jeremy Renner about oh. like, oh, have you started dreaming no. about them? And no. she goes, no, I haven't. She turns and the heptopods no. there. Stop it. I was just, like, oh, stop it God. Right now that freaked me out. That was well, messed up. I can't up. even handle it. I wasn't Woo. freaked out. I just thought it was a big hand. That's <sighs> how I got through it. Yeah, it was the bottom of the heptopod. Yeah. God. Man. That All was right, good well, stuff. I guess I'm traumatized for life. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I keep trying to put that out of my brain because I'm glad I could put it back. Because sometimes my dreams can get freaky like that. Yeah, where um, like I'll I'll realize oh something's wrong and then just everything can go wrong mm-hmm. and that's I don't like that. It's a cascading effect. I don't like that. And so I especially it's especially freaky that in her dream Jeremy Renner's like, are you dreaming about them? <laughs> Boom! It's a dream. I was like, yeah. no, yeah, can't handle it. Um. Anyway, yeah, that was, time, that was real good. time yeah, stuff. Good. But the way that it's described, um, not in the film, in the in the Slaughterhouse Five, is um, the way that aliens describe it is that humans are um, they're not just on time for them isn't just a train track. It's yeah. not just constantly moving forward, but they're in a train track, sitting in a chair, and their head is permanently Forced fixed forward. in one direction. Not even just forward. Sometimes mm-hmm. to the you know you could say to the side because you're oh, seeing everything yeah. pass by. That's true. That's true. And so the these if aliens, it was in forward, you'd be able to see the future. Yeah, exactly. So it's just you're just you're not even it's you're just it, you're facing even, towards the window. The concept of being able to look a different way isn't even possible. Looking mm-hmm. isn't even possible. And that's for these aliens by somehow. I mean, this is where it gets real funky by learning their language. Mm-hmm. You can you can suddenly go th- see into the future into the past somehow. Yeah. That, that's where it gets funky for me. Well, I mean, for me, they I make, love it, but they it gets make, funky. They make the connections that kind of make sense for me because as someone who's learned multiple languages, when when you when you learn a language and you you connect it to a culture, you start to see the world differently mm-hmm. because you're seeing it from that perspective. Because the 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 language of a culture dictates how they see the world. Mm-hmm. You know, when 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 a, a species or a race or or a group of people develop to a certain point and they start putting 
putting how they communicate to to text and and they start finalizing how they say things uh, how they view the world is is how they say stuff you know like like the native americans they just called the earth the earth and they never saw it as property because that's this is just land you know this is just and they saw themselves as the only people in the world because every native american culture their word for themselves is just the people mm-hmm. because we're all one people. They just saw it that way. Mm-hmm. And and then you look at, uh, you know, Western European cultures and the way they saw the world is completely different, which is why they, they, you know, they have land property and they see other races as different and how they view the world is dictated by their language. So if you, if you have a species of aliens, which at the end of this movie, the gift is their language. Yeah. And, and if you, if you start learning a language and entrenching yourself in it and that changes the way you view the world because they're even their language is circular right yeah well it's and and it's also non-linear i love right. i love that weird little bit circle of like, yeah well not just it's the it can be read forward and forward backward, and backward and because that's the way they see everything yeah. is and everything every everything is just on there at once mm-hmm. and and if if that's if you start seeing the world the way they they, they do mm-hmm. then it can rewire the brain they i mean there is proof of that in people who entrench themselves like during that dream he says yeah you know entrenching yourself in another culture you know it changes rewires the brain and makes you learn faster and i mean that's all stuff that's already proven so this just takes one step forward with that idea yeah, yeah. but it also um i kind of like that once once we know that it makes sense um what happens with the um the what do you want to call them? Like the splinter group, mm-hmm. the the soldiers who decide to make a show of force because they're to watching these aliens. Fox News. Well, <laughs> I love how they never say they never say they, but they do have a Rush Limbaugh esque character oh, yeah. on a on a laptop mm-hmm. screen that's saying, "Oh, what are they not telling us?" Like, oh God, yeah. Um, but this splinter group uh, decides to try and bomb the aliens. Uh, and then that's when the the two researchers go back, yeah. and these the splinter group just goes ah fuck them like they're just like yeah let yeah. them in just who cares, and the the way that the aliens react is is um, to save them they they the way he's pointing like he, he's he's saying he's trying he knows that there's a bomb there, over there but he can't get to it and he's trying to get them to get to it mm-hmm. and um that that kind of force push that he does yeah because they can control the gravity yeah is uh is very uh is also kind of saves them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the aliens, I guess, except for uh, Abbott. Is it Abbott <coughs> Costello? I think yeah. it's. Uh, I think yeah. it was Abbott. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going through the death process. Uh, mm-hmm. That's and that was like um, that whole sequence. I kind of love when she. I have no. It doesn't make like a lot of logical sense. The like the the spaceship flies up higher to stay protected from the attack that it had just gone through. But yeah. also they know to trust her, so they send out a single pod for thing her to get in for her to get into and then and once she it goes opens, in their she's in their atmosphere and she Man. doesn't like die or get hurt yeah she obviously struggles with it and then we get subtitles for what they're saying and she can actually kind of understand it yeah because she's verbally. already starting to think about them um and so and it's think just, like them it's like this insane and we, and we get, get to, the full scale we get to of, finally of see what, what they actually look like that but there are no the thing we've been looking is just their like, apparatus for movement yeah and to speech but yeah. the actual part of them that they are is way bigger, and it's weird because it's like it's they they don't really have eyes, and their yeah. mouth is that weird tentacle because uh, they speak in ink. squid burst. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like they they emanate sound, but their written language is through the ink. Yeah, it's it, oh man, that's that whole sequence is really like 
cool. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I it, but it, but again, I'll just say it doesn't make like a lot of sense because then as soon as she gets out, it's not like they're not like, oh my god, what happened to you? Like we we saw you get into a pod. They're just like, oh, we got to pack up and leave. Like yeah. it's it's just like this weird uh, tumbling of events that happens after that because then that's when she realizes, oh, the weapon is time. Mm-hmm. I have time. Blah blah. Like. It just starts going through the the final act. Yeah, put, and she which starts, maybe that connects to what you were saying, Tom, about having yeah. trouble, you know, problems with the third act because it makes leaps at that point. Well, yeah. it's more the idea that their big whole secret is, ooh, we controlled time or whatever that whole thing was. It's it's not exactly controlling time; they but can just see in either direction. See, yeah, to me, I've never been a big fan of time travel, so that kind of stuff just. What I what I like about this movie though is there's no actual time travel. Yeah, but it's just seeing into the future. Kinda. And they, she says, no, not really. She's. It's, I mean, they, they real... say the whole reason they're there is because they're going to need human beings help in three thousand years. years. Yeah, yeah. so they need to be there to help them unite. Yeah, like yeah. this whole experience is not about. I mean, it kind of is about giving them the technology, allowing them to see the time stream or whatever it mm. is. But it's also about bringing Earth together. Like, but, because if they don't, if they don't bring them together, we're going to kill ourselves. Let's let's also talk about the the weird hypothetical in the sense that um, so part of the only reason why everything works out is because Amy Adams You're about does her a, seeing herself. She doesn't leap to the future. She doesn't leap. Okay, she's just whatever. she's just getting that memory. Okay, yeah, she's getting that memory. That I'm really upset memory. with you guys. You guys don't get it. It's not time Can we travel. We just I, settle on one word so we don't keep doing this. It's not time travel. Well, okay, time viewing. Okay, it's time viewing. Time viewing. Time memory. You I, I said that. leap in the sense in in the. She's not. I mean. Yeah. Right. It's, but but that's just because that's a TV show. Like <laughs> I know. I know. I just love saying leap. So, but it's in the sense that her 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 experiencing this temporal that, leap. Yes, she is experiencing time chronologically, and then for a brief moment, she's experiencing time in the future mm-hmm. because it is not so much a memory so much as she is there and doesn't quite realize what's happening. Yeah. It's it's um and 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 here's here's my thing. General Shang is also there. Yeah. He knows that this is his moment to give her the information that she needs back where mm-hmm. back where it matters. Yeah. And he's like he's like, "Yeah, you called me on my personal line." She's like, "Your personal line?" He says, "Yeah, for some reason I'm showing you my personal phone number." Yeah. Like it's it's this crazy moment where we we have I thought I think he's just showing her the call log. I no, General General Shang is in on it, and I love it. I love yeah. that idea. Oh no, that no, no, I love that he, whole sequence. He figured too. it out because it's they it's show just, that he it's figured a time it out. loop. That whole thing. Yeah, but he figured it out. That's yeah. the thing. They show him figuring it out, and well, they because don't at, understand. At that how. point in the future, she's already published the book mm-hmm. about their language, mm-hmm. so he understands. Like, oh, she was the first one to ever understand understand this. So I need to help her at some point and give her this information because otherwise I won't get it later. I just really love that. I love that he's we've we've thought of him as like this kind of like bad character, yeah. this enemy. It almost. paints him like a villain. And then when when we get that little moment in the future, it's oh no, he is he figured out the time thing and now he's using it for good. Yeah, and I and, love that. And but the weird thing is, is it paints him as a villain, but as an understandable villain because oh, yeah. he. He gets the same information she does, mm-hmm. but he just misunderstands it. Yeah. And he goes, they're trying to give us a weapon, and that's going to fracture us more and splinter us more, mm-hmm. so we need to make them leave. Yeah. And, and you know, it just took her to understand the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. The more I hear about it, the more I understand why, but I think one of my issues is why does it have to be time beaming? Why can't it be some other form that's... Makes a little more sense because we have to we have to see the end in order to understand where to go. 
Yeah, but... But like, just imagine... Because there are so many movies that posit if we can see the future, the world will end. Like Paycheck. Or Tomorrowland. Or Tomorrowland. <laughs> that, that knowing where we end up it will like damage us as a species yeah. and, and make it so that no matter what we do, we will fail. And this movie posits, well, no, if you can view into the future, like you will make choices that... I mean, this movie doesn't answer the question of fate. Like, she yeah, it doesn't try to. It doesn't try to at all. It, so, it, what, it, what it is is it's it's once she realizes those visions that she's been having are of the future, she accepts it yeah. and and wants it because she wants yeah. to have all the in between parts. And 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 this movie really culminates in the decision she makes at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. which is whether or not she's going to be with Jeremy Renner, mm-hmm. because yeah. she knows where that ends. She knows they're not going to be together. Yeah. It was the tiniest bit of cheesiness that they stacked those <laughs> moments. I, I didn't mind yeah. it at all. <laughs> Where them embracing and then them in the future. And mm-hmm. he says, do you want to have a baby? And it's like, okay. I, it's I, a bit. I get it all when you put it that way. It's still just on my personal taste. I'm not into the whole, let's look into the future. Let's mm-hmm. look into the past stuff. It's yeah. To me, it's always seemed like an inconvenient plot device. Yeah. I feel like it uses a plot device that can be very inconvenient and yeah. not done well. And actually does it beautifully here. Whether or not whether or not you like that plot device, I think it does it successfully. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely better than Interstellar. That's what I'm gonna say. And 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 it both of those it. movies really tug your heartstrings with familial connections. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Interstellar was effective with its use, even though it was, you know, kind of not a subtle hand. Whereas this one, you know, man, you know, I felt some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to another review uh one of the one of the hosts on that show just had a baby mm. and man he he was having trouble talking about the movie because mm. he was so choked up so i think i think what this movie does uh in the way of you know eliciting emotion and and talking about some pretty complex concepts and distilling them down in an understandable way and taking you on a scientific ride uh, that also has to do, you know, with the heart and, and, you know, when you look at the future, you know, will you still go down that road if you know it ends in heartbreak and the whole question of is it better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all and, and what we would choose as human beings, you know, uh, of that experience of even if we, if we know the end of the story and how tragic that is, you know, are we still going to take that ride? And I think we as human beings, you know, we kind of have to. And that's what the film is kind of talking to. Um, but couched in all that, you know, it is still a smart sci-fi movie about aliens. And that's, it's incredible that they can, they can kind of tell all those stories at the same time. I'll at least agree with you on that. Yeah. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.